Hello and welcome to our Rising Youth podcast, produced in partnership with CYC Podcasts and Taking It Global. The intention behind this series is to give a platform to young changemakers from communities across Canada. Hashtag Rising Youth is a national community service grant program led by Taking It Global and offered to youth ages 15 to 30 wanting to get involved in their communities. My name is Jade Roberts and I'll be hosting this episode of the Rising Youth podcast. I'm from Treaty 6 territory in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. I'm a Woodland Cree woman and an educator. I currently host and produce my own podcast called Still Here, Still Healing. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Podbean. If you're interested in learning about residential schools and hearing stories from residential school survivors, definitely check it out. I'm really excited to have the opportunity to be hosting this episode of the Rising Youth Podcast. Our guest today is Mackenzie. She is a Rising Youth Grant recipient and the project she worked on brought awareness to missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls. Thanks for joining us and welcome Mackenzie. I'll let you introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your project. Hi, so my name is Mackenzie Velders. I am 19 years old and my project was centered around the Red Dress Project started by Jamie Black in Manitoba. So when I was 17, I believe, I went to Winnipeg to the museum, the Canadian Museum, and I was inspired because I saw a Red Dress Project exhibit there. I was like, what is this about? What's going on? Why are there red dresses hanging from the ceiling and I went and I read the little blurb beside it and it said it was to raise awareness about missing and murdered Indigenous women and I was like this is really cool this is a good way to raise awareness and so then I went home and I did some more research about the project and I decided that I wanted to bring it to Fort McMurray my hometown and I was looking into ways to do that. And I went and I talked to my teacher, Meredith McNeil, and I was like, how do I do this? How would you recommend it? Is this something that Teams for Change can do? It was my social justice club at my high school. And she was like, we'll figure it out, Mackenzie. It'll happen. And she sent me a link for the Rising Youth Grant and was like, you need to apply for this ASAP. And so then I applied for the money and I was like kind of iffy about whether I would get it. I was like, it's not necessarily a project that you think requires a lot of funds. And then I found out that I got the grant and I was super excited. And then I started emailing all the high schools in my region to bring it into the schools. That's amazing. Uh, When I was in university, there was a red dress exhibit on campus at the University of Saskatchewan. And I feel like I probably had a lot of the same feelings experiencing it. And I had a lot of questions. I was wondering, like, why are these dresses here? So it's really cool that you took the initiative to do the research and bring it to your community. Uh, You touched on this a little bit, but could you kind of go into detail and explain more on how you recreated this in your community and what was the process of planning it all? Um, So after I found out that I got the grant funding, I started by emailing all the principals at the high schools in my community. So I emailed my own high school principal and then I think there were, there's five or six other high schools in my community. And so I emailed them all and I was like, please, please, please let some principal answer. Um, And 
I actually, my own principal, I had to like go into the office and meet with her. And my, um, I would consider her my mentor. She was Meredith, the lady I mentioned prior. Um, she came with me to the meeting and we discussed the importance of the Red Dress Project. And because our school had been done the uh, Moose Hide campaign prior to, the principal was a little reluctant, but we convinced her. And then there were two other high schools in my community that agreed to participate and have their addresses there. And so basically what I did is I went to Edmonton because I lived in Fort McMurray. So I went to Edmonton and I went thrift shopping to get the red dresses at a discount because I didn't want to buy brand new dresses and then contribute to um, consumerism. Mm -hmm. And so I got the red dresses and then I bought coat trees and some hangers and I set up a display in my high school. And at my high school, they had like a nice little display for a plaque. And so I wrote up a description of what the red dress project was. That way, when people saw the red dresses, they didn't just walk by them and say, oh, there's red dresses. They had the opportunity to go and learn. And then... After they were at my high school, they went to another high school and they were set up similarly. And then they went to the last high school. And then after that, I was like, what do I do with these dresses? I don't want to keep transporting transporting them. I did think about trying to bring the Red Dress Project to Edmonton with me when I moved, but I didn't necessarily think that was feasible because I'm in university and I didn't know how I would be able to manage that. So I reached out to different businesses and non-for-profits in Fort McMurray and the Athabasca Tribal Council agreed to take the red dresses from me and they said they would put them out uh, annually. So that is really awesome. That is really awesome. Uh, what do you think the outcomes or what were some of the outcomes that came from you pursuing this project? I definitely heard people talking about it. Um, I do think it raised more awareness again some people probably because we're it was in high school some people would have just walked by it and been like oh there's red dresses like what's the school doing now but I do think that people did learn something from it and they became more aware which is always a good thing yeah I think it's really important especially in high school to be learning about issues like this um, I also wanted to ask, is the Red Dress Project and raising awareness for missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, is that something that you still take part in? I know you said you couldn't transport them to university with you, but is that a possibility that at some point you might want to bring this to your campus? Um, it is a possibility. I, as for like still trying to raise awareness about the missing and murdered Indigenous women crisis, I, if I see something on social media that relates to the crisis I will share it and even though I don't have that many followers on social media it's getting the information somewhere I try and make sure that the source I'm sharing from is reliable that way I'm not feeding into fake news or whatever but yeah, I think social media definitely has a big role on raising awareness for different social issues and missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls is a big one that I see a lot. So that's uh, great that we're seeing that on social media in order to raise awareness. I also just wanted to ask a bit about your Rising Youth grant and how did that help you make your project possible? And do you feel like you were supported through the planning of your project? I, my Rising Youth experience. So 
if I didn't get the grant, I don't think I would have been able to do the project. It wasn't a super expensive project, but because I was trying to save for university, it wasn't in my personal budget to spend on the project, even though it is an important issue. And then my high school definitely wouldn't have provided this funding for it, or it would have been more difficult. They might have, but it would have been a little bit more hoops to jump through. So I think the Rising Youth Grant definitely made it more feasible to do the project. And then I did have support throughout it, um, from more so from like my teachers and my peers. I had one friend who every time the dresses moved to school, she came with, came with me to help me carry the boxes. Um, I think this was more of like an independent project. So I didn't, and I had such a concrete plan that I didn't necessarily need help from the Rising East team. But I do believe that if I asked for it, it would have been there. Awesome. Um, so after recreating the Red Dress Project in your community, do you think it would be possible to bring it back again, maybe for different schools um, in your area, or maybe even act as a mentor to help bring it to different communities? I think if someone wants to do it in another community, that's amazing. And I would help as much as I could to help them with that. And I do think that having support to do it is um, makes it easier. So, yeah. So Mackenzie, uh, moving into the future, I know you're young and you're probably in your first year of university, um, but do you have any plans moving forward in terms of advocating for missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls in any other ways? Um, I'm not sure if I would like to advocate exclusively for missing and murdered Indigenous women. I would consider myself a social justice activist. I recently went to Peru to participate in a service learning trip and I helped with building a sidewalk there and that was a super cool experience so I would like to continue to have experiences like executing the bread dress project in the community and doing service learning work in Peru and things like that where it's hands-on it there might not be like for Peru there were direct results but there might not have necessarily been as direct results for the Red Dress Project, but they were both very important um, projects and they were important to me. So I would like to continue to do things like that. And I'm still trying to figure out how I can use what I'm learning in university to get me in back into the social activist world. Um, do you think that bringing the Red Dress exhibit to your community helped you network and uh, meet new people that might help you with more of your advocacy work within Canada? Um, so for the Red Dress Project, as I mentioned, I reached out to principals. So one of the high school principals actually reconnected me with one of their students who was also into the social justice realm and was a very good leader in her school and so I worked with her to execute the project at her school and so I made that connection with her and while we don't necessarily talk frequently when she happened to be at my graduation and so I saw her there and we talked for a bit about different things we can do in our community to create change that's lasting. That's awesome then, yeah oh sorry go ahead. I do have because I've done some 
leadership conferences. I did one in Winnipeg, and then I also did one in Calgary, and it was a week-long camp where we got to connect with individuals from across Alberta. And because of those two experiences, I had the chance to connect with individuals from across Canada. And when I was working on the Red Dress Project and formulating it from like a dream to a reality, I actually did troubleshoot off of them. And I said, what would this look like? What's your opinion on the project? So that did help. And it helps to have people who are like-minded and believe in you because they've done similar things where they've had this project idea and then they've done it. So it helps to talk to other people who are like-minded, have similar goals and have made their dreams a reality. I also wanted to ask you if you have any personal connection to missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls, or why do you think it's important that other Indigenous women are advocating for this issue? Um, I believe it. I am not Indigenous myself, but I believe it's important because my best friend is Indigenous. And I went when I saw the project, I was like, what if this was my best friend? I wouldn't be okay with this. And because so many of the missing and murdered Indigenous women cases aren't solved, I didn't want my best friend to become a statistic. I didn't want the people who grew up, I grew up with to become a number in a system. And that just wasn't okay with me. And I, these women who go missing are humans. They deserve justice. They deserve to not go missing in the first place because of their background because of their ethnicity because of who they are like it's not fair in my opinion so that's why I decided to do the project um that's why it that's what sparked my interest that's what sparked my passion I guess and I think it's important for other women not just indigenous women to be start vocalizing about the missing and murdered indigenous women crisis because it's an issue. It's not just an issue for Indigenous women. It's an issue for everyone. It, yeah, it's just not okay with me. Yeah, I think it's so important for allyship, right? And just being able to have these conversations and having people to advocate for others about these topics. Uh, are there any other topics or issues that you advocate for or would like to advocate for? Because I was involved in a social justice club in high school, I had the opportunity to advocate for multiple different causes. I know we used to do cake auctions where the homerooms would collect money and then they would get to go and buy cakes that parents had made. And the money from those fundraisers went to our sponsor villages. And so we were able to fully sponsor two different villages. One was in Ecuador, I believe. And then we also did a water walk, which was the opportunity for students to go out to our track and carry water jugs around the track. And they were not light water jugs. And it was symbolic of the walk for water that occurs in third world third world countries. And it was also to highlight that, uh, to raise money for water in these countries or even in parts of northern Canada where it is an issue that there isn't access to clean water. I think that's great 
What would be your advice for other youth that want to get involved with raising awareness for either missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls or really any other type of advocacy work? Um, I would recommend doing your research first to see what's already happening at the national level, at the provincial level, at the local level. See if there's something you can do to get involved, like something that already exists that you can do and get involved with. And if there isn't, maybe you start the club or maybe you start the initiative or the project and you get other people involved. You get your friends involved. You get your family involved. You start a conversation about what you think needs to happen and how you think that needs to happen. And then the puzzle pieces will start to fall into place. There will definitely be work along the way, but if it's worth it, the work is nothing in the long run. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. You got to start somewhere, right? It it doesn't matter where, but yeah, that's awesome. So Mackenzie, what's next for you and where can we find you on social media? Um, right now, I am just trying to figure out what I want to go to school for, even though I'm in university. Um, if you want to follow me on social media, I have a Facebook page. It's one girl, comma, one vision. I started it for fundraising for a service learning trip, and I'm thinking about getting back on the Facebook page to start some more advocacy. Uh, My high school's social justice club, you can find that on Facebook as well. It's Holy Trinity's Teens for Change, I believe. That's where you can find me. Cool. Well, I just want to say, even though we haven't met in person, I am really proud of the work that you're doing uh, and the work that you've done with this project. I hope it's something that you continue to do and continue to raise awareness for. Um, As women, it's important that we're engaging in these conversations and raising awareness and advocating for ourselves and other women. So thank you again for speaking with me and for sharing with the listeners all the work that you've been doing. For more information about Rising Youth Grants, you can visit risingyouth.ca.